The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. I suppose it goes without saying that the word of God is so profound. I mean, because obviously it is God himself who is speaking to us when we read and when we proclaim the word. And I must say, these Sunday's readings are especially rich. And as I prepared for this homily this week, as I prayerfully meditated these readings, I find myself, found myself with a, with a conundrum, right? I could either preach on these readings and really plumb the depths of them and preach for about three hours, or I could choose one theme or one idea from these readings and just keep it simple. Now, the first option is really attractive, and when you look at the history of the church and you read the great homilies of the fathers of the church, like the great St. Augustine and all the great fathers, you see that they were really long. And uh, that's because they would sit in the chair, the chair that's the symbol of the, the teaching authority of the, uh, of the priest or the bishop, right? And that's an appropriate place from which to give the homily. It can be given from the ambo, from the chair, or from another suitable place, right? So the temptation would be for me to sit there and just hold forth on these profound and amazing readings for about three hours, right? However, uh, there are practical considerations, right? I mean, we do have bathrooms here, but um, another practical consideration is there is a 12 noon mass after this, right? So that said, I have the 6 p.m. mass this evening, so I could go to like 10 p.m. tonight, right? There's nothing after that. <laughs> you, you can come back for the, for the expanded edition. So obviously, I'm going to have to go with the latter option, which is to focus on one particular theme or one particular verse or phrase, right? But which to choose, right? I mean, there's so many deep and moving words in today's readings. I mean, starting with the Acts of the Apostles, it says, 
the word of God continued to spread and the number of disciples continued to grow. The word of God is powerful, right? When the word is spread, people embrace the word and begin to follow Jesus. I could talk about how, you know, based on that line, how that there are 60,000 people living in our parish boundaries in the Roslyn, Boston corridor and adjacent neighborhoods, but we have about 1,500 coming to Mass here every Sunday. 60,000, 1,500. That's 2.5% of the people in our parish boundaries are practicing Catholics. We have work to do, right? We need to spread the word so the number of disciples grow. But I'm not going to focus so much on that. The psalm says, Lord, let your mercy be on us as we all sang. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. I could focus on our need for mercy that we all have, our need for deliverance from sin, from wounds, from error, right? And that we can confidently trust God that he's going to be with us in our times of need, as the psalm says. But I'm not going to focus on that either. I could focus on a line from the second reading, the first letter of Peter, which speaks of our amazing dignity and the corresponding responsibility that we have. Again, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own, so that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I could focus on the fact that we are consecrated to God, and so we're meant to announce him to all and bring them to share in that same dignity that we have as a holy nation and a consecrated people. But I'm not going to focus on that. Then, of course, there's the gospel, John, John 14, John chapter 14. I cannot tell you in my 30 years as a priest and five years as a seminarian how many times I've gone back in my own personal prayerful meditation to John 14, especially when I find myself troubled or challenged by anything in particular, the consolation and the profundity of the words of John 14. I could focus on one of the many phrases in there, which is so amazing, right? Do not let your hearts be troubled. I prepare a place for you in my Father's house. You know the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Whoever believes in me will do great works. But I didn't choose any of those either. But I did choose a line from St. John. So this is, this is the beginning of the homily now, right? I, I did choose one line from St. John's Gospel, chapter 14. Out of all the readings and verses, this is the one that really struck me the most, this time around. Where I am, you also may be. Where I am, you also may be. That is, Jesus came so that he might be with us and we might be with him. But not just in the future, in the Father's house where he prepares a place for us, but also here now in the home of our hearts. As St. Peter says in that second reading, we are, we are to be spiritual houses, right? spiritual houses in which God dwells. That's the reason for everything that Jesus said and did in his life, and especially for the central mysteries of his life, of his passion, death, and resurrection from the dead, ascension into heaven, and sending of the Holy Spirit, 
everything that he did was so that we might share in his resurrection life and that he and his Father, through their Holy Spirit, might make their dwelling place in our hearts, in our souls. As St. Peter says in his second letter, so that we might become sharers in the divine nature. That began at our baptism. God made his dwelling place in our hearts. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came to live within us, made us intimately one with him, sharing in his life, in his love, in his grace, in his very being within us, with us. That is, if we persevere in that grace and don't reject him through serious sin. This reality, this fundamental truth of the Christian life, this beauty of our dignity, the result of God's lavish love for us should be part of our daily prayer and so always in the forefront of our hearts, of our minds. Every morning we should glorify God and thank God for sharing his life with us and recognize he is with us. You know, beginning our morning prayers, thank you, Lord, for pouring your love, your life, your grace, your very self into my heart, making me your dwelling place, making me one with you. Help me, Lord, throughout this day, always to be conscious of your presence within me. Help me to bring that presence to everyone that I encounter. Help me to keep that presence and not reject it through serious sin. Help me, Lord, always to remember that you are in me and I am in you. How different our lives would be, how different our relationships would be, our families, our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, our world, if every day every Catholic Christian went about everything that they did always fully conscious of their extraordinary dignity as bearers of God, as dwelling places of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is of God himself, conscious of our dignity as his sons and daughters, as his brothers and sisters, as his friends. My friends, let us commit daily to that practice, what from old times the church calls the practice of the presence of God. Let us be intentionally, prayerfully, daily, mindful of God's loving presence in our hearts that where he is, we also may be. Amen.